Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. I don't think these cans are working or this mic's working. I don't, I, I, the mic's working. It's just that I can't. So it's only the cans. So the cans are working and the mic is working. That means people can at least hear me. Um, yeah, not for the first time. Oh, put that. Oh, dear. You've got to be careful when you cut the red or the blue. You've seen the movies. Just to be very carefully. Just stuck that red. Anyway, we're back on deck. Welcome to the Friday form panel, all on sundry. Uh, whether you're watching on Trot's Vision or listening on SEN Track, we're going to try and get stuck into some winners. Nine races at Lord's Raceway, Bendigo tomorrow, and a change in lineup. Just like burning questions yesterday, uh, we had Jack Callahan, Tim O'Connor, and well, Andy Gath was the one that kept his spot on the team. But Akita Ross taking a well-deserved break. But one woman of two that will be joining me on the panel. Tomorrow night at Bendigo, there's another woman on screen there, Brittany Graham. I'm surrounded by them. Uh, Kirsten Graham is on the line with us. How are you, Kirsten? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Grace. How are you? Good. I can hear you. This is uh, this is all working incredibly well. I love technology. <laughs> um, this is your hometown cup, and it's something that I, I would imagine you're extremely excited about. No doubt, run off your feet, as we all are at the start of a new year. So plenty going on and plenty to think about, but plenty to be excited about as well. Yeah, it's just been a busy time of year. I suppose that sort of Christmas and New Year period is always quite busy. And, yeah, the club's sort of been in, in full swing as well, getting ready for, for Saturday night. And, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited and we're pretty happy with the fields that we've assembled. And, you know, obviously the, the Aldebaran Park, Mary Miles, looking pretty good as well. Yeah, and this is... Uh... Well, this is just reward, hopefully, that you get the uh, you get a little bit of a crowd and we get uh, some great punding and some great numbers on Trot's vision because... I mentioned the other day, Bendigo, and, you know, I think you and Eric and a lot of people at Bendigo have a lot to be proud of, that during a very, well, a number of very difficult times in Victoria, Bendigo has really stood firm, stood strong, and and helped the industry out. And it certainly gave us some fun as well, because we got to be out there at Bendigo for some of the biggest races on the calendar, including the Victoria Cup in October last year. You know, you're not wrong, Jason. I mean, you know, when we were back in regional racing, you know, in, in 2020, we sort of really helped out the industry. And, you know, we, we were going through a period there that we were having, you know, three, nearly four meetings a week. And, you know, it was sort of nice to, to then sort of be able to help um, HRV out as well with, you know, when sort of Ballarat and those sorts of places were going into lockdown and we were able to sort of get some other big races there a few a few months back. And, um yeah, it's been a really, really exciting period. It's definitely a credit um, to the club and to the people that are around the club. You know, we've got, you know, quite a good committee um, with it, um, amongst the club at the moment. You know, we've got people that are very, very committed. And as you said, you know, Eric, uh, Eric Hendricks and um, and Tim as well, they're, they're doing a fantastic job there behind the scenes at the club also. I've got to make a – I saw that email. I've got to do that $500 game plan. I'll do that as soon as I get off air. And I've got some articles to write. So still a little bit to go before we get out to Bendigo tomorrow night or before I get out to Bendigo tomorrow night to join you. And we're being joined by Kate Hargraves. Um, I'm surrounded by school teachers. I said this yesterday. It's very <laughs> frightening for me. Uh, I'll be in the naughty corner as I have been so many times in my life. But um, claiming uh, Kate is a local and, and great again, more young women getting into the media to some degree now. I don't know how how deeply... Um, Kate wants to go down the rabbit hole at the moment, but it's already one gig turned into two because I'm told she'll be on Trot's Vision the following Friday at Tabcorp Park, Melton already. So um, they're roping her in, Kirsten. They're roping her in. They absolutely are. That's, that's what happens with Trot's Vision. Once you say yes, you sort of just keep going, don't you? But no, she's going to be a fantastic addition to the team. And um, I'm sure she's, oh, I'm hoping she's really excited about it and will we'll be good support for her as well heading into Saturday night. Well, I've just been, yeah, I think I've said that plenty of times I've been absolutely stunned and extraordinarily proud of how incredibly good you and uh, and, and Nikita are on air. And uh, there's so many people that have come through and you just think to yourself, it's not the easiest gig in the world, but I think the knowledge, the passion, uh, and then the ability to articulate, self, articulate yourself so well, it, it's been a huge boost. I think the evolution of Trot's Vision has gone 
a lot quicker than anybody would have expected because of people like yourself and uh, and Nikita. Now, I've got one question for you before we get stuck into the form. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are you prepared? Are you prepared to fu- now? And if <laughs> we know you're on a little delay on the phone and everything, on Fridays normally we do engage in a music quiz of some kind. So that means when we're coming out of every break, Jordy Canellis plays the start of a song, and then typically Nikita and I will have to call out our names as our buzzer and then say the song as soon as we know what it is. Okay, are, are you willing to engage in this? Look, I'll, I'll have a go, Jace, but do you remember that night at, at Bendigo that you and I worked together and we did the music quiz and we had Jason Moran on there and he was like, oh, I'm good with the like the lyrics, but I'm not so good with the names. I'm a little bit that way inclined, but look, I'll, I'll have a crack for you. All right. That, that's, the kind of team, that's the kind of team player, Kirsten, is, and this is the big reason why we love her. As a matter of fact, we won't get stuck into the form yet. We'll go to our first break, get our first song going. It's like the, getting the party started. We're going to... We're going to prepare the hors d'oeuvres and then the appetizers and we'll come back and we'll have a look at race one on the card. I'm very interested in what Kirsten thinks about these first two races because there's strong Vic Bread Super Series form. Will it stand up? The burning question panel all felt it would. I wonder what Kirsten thinks. Back after this. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Jason. <laughs> oh, well, hang on, hang on. Come on. This is my problem. This is my problem. <laughs> I gave you an oldie bit of goodie to start with. Yeah, okay. I don't, I, and now I've lost it. That's a clue. Now I've lost it. And, um, not wouldn't it be nice, is it? No. All right, play a bit more. See if, see what, I mean, this might be too hard. Kirsten's a, I might need a little longer. Might be, might be, yeah, play, play, right. play it a bit more. Oh no! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're not if you're not willing to answer now, Kirsten, what, what, have you got a name of the song? Have a stab. Oh, it, it's like don't, yeah, don't stop thinking about tomorrow or something along those lines. The the worst thing is, Jace, my grade four primary teacher <laughs> to sit and play the guitar and that sort of stuff, and she used to play that song all the time as well. <laughs> That is actually well. That is bad, then, Kirsten. I mean, if you'd never yeah, heard the song stopping. before, that's one thing. But if you've if you've been indoctrinated as a nine or ten year old girl with that song, and uh, I'm, are, you, are we going to play that, Jordy? Uh, yeah, we'll give it. It's called "Don't Stop." Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, yeah. by Fleetwood Mac. That's yeah. a cool teacher, by the way. That is a really cool yeah, teacher. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac to nine year olds. That's great. Hey, well, she has a bit of a voice too, a little bit like Jason Bonington. Yeah, okay. Oh. There you go. Uh, we're probably the same age. Right? We were probably doing du- duets in the in the eighties. Anyway, we move forward from there. It's time to get stuck into some form here. It's the Friday form panel on Trots Vision and Sen Track. And uh, yeah, my question on burning questions. The first yesterday, Kirsten was whether that Vic Bread Super Series form would stand up through these first couple of races. I strongly suspect it will. October Rain and So What um, came through that series. Batman Barry didn't make it to the final. They're all drawn off the second row. It's not an easy way to start the night, but what did you come up with? Well, it's a really interesting sort of time, isn't it, when we're sort of just changing the season and we're we're getting those horses that have sort of been running in the age, you know, racing, you know, the three, the four-year-olds, that have sort of been sticking to that um that sort of area and they're now sort of having to go into the open class racing. So it's really quite interesting. I was in the first race, I actually had so what um, up on top. So I'm, you know, really thinking that that four year old mare's um, form is really going to stick through. I mean, I just thought she was really quite sensational behind um, Majida and Spellbound in that four year old mare's final. And I mean, I, with all due respect to October rain, I, the, the barrier is just really concerning me, Jason. I don't know. I, I'm, sort of envisaging that she, he might sort of end up, you know, maybe three back on the pegs, you know, at best, 
I, I'm not sure that Magic Mike can sort of hold up the lead, and I sort of just thought that might be a bit detrimental to, to his chances, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I, look, I, I, ultimately I went with October Rain on top of so what, but I, I think we were on the same page with the top two tips, so we are agreeing that that uh, Super Series form is going to stand up. So what's also raced really well at this kind of level previously. The only thing that I kind of thought, I, because this happens in race two as well, you're looking at different Super Series mm. form, form lines, if you know what I'm saying. So October Rain has beaten better Eclipse. Um, going back to a heat of the carousel, was beaten less than 10 metres in the final of the Vic Bread Series behind uh, Bondi Lockdown. And I think I just measured up. Do I think Bondi Lockdown is, or Majita is the better horse? Because they've been beaten by similar margins. And in fact, uh, October Rain raced further behind in transit than, than, uh, than so what did. And look, I think most people would agree with all due respect and love to Majita that Bondi Lockdown is a better horse. I'm with you though. I get it. Particularly over the short trip, I, I, I think you'd be less worried, wouldn't you, about October rain if this was over the twenty one fifty? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I think yeah, the the short trip's definitely a concern. Like I said, if he if he does sort of end up three back on the pegs, I hundred percent agree with what you're saying. I mean, he's he's been able to make up huge amounts of ground in his recent races, but you know, if the speed at all slackens off. Um, you know, it's going to make it very difficult for anything that, that's back in the field. And even another horse that it's at, at some odds is the emergency, Harry, who, I mean, he ran through the Silver Series as well, Jace. And, you know, he, I, I think he's going a little bit better than his figure form suggests. But, you know, last last week, that, that Silver Series that he ran through, it wasn't made for a horse at the back. And, you know, I think they ran home in like a, a 56 half or something like that. And he was you know, right out the back and trying to run into it and was sort of doing his best work at the end. So it's definitely an interesting race to surf on, yeah. Uh, I ultimately went with the numbers 8, 10, 3 and 11, Batman Barry. So you've got uh, So What on top, October Rain in for second. I do. I, I also think October Rain will get off the inside. I don't think they, I think it's just too dangerous to stick to the inside. Uh, and who goes in for third and fourth? Are you throwing Harry Hugh in the top four somewhere? I actually didn't have October pain in my numbers, Jason. That was just purely because of, of what we've said about the, the the three back on the pegs, potentially. I actually had Batman Barry in second. Um, I think he's always just shown a little bit of promise. He just hasn't quite taken that next step just yet, but I think this race could help with the transition of it. Um, I then actually had Cherokee Joe and Zubri in uh, for second and third, but, I mean, there's heaps of chances. I really think that this race is quite open. I mean, Hurricane Hall, Magic Mike... You know, even Harry Hu, Jack Art, like they, there's so many of them that have chances, and I'm probably even leaving out someone that, that's just as big a chance. I'm waiting for these markets to come. They're, they're out. They're out. Okay, let me have a look at this. Because Tim O'Connor said had October rain nowhere. Now Kirsten Graham has, and I'm just wondering if I've gone, I'll be having a bet here. Holy I don't have geez. nowhere, Jake. I, I fully respect him. I'm just, I'm very worried. No, about no, 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 no. But no, both, just both of you didn't have October rain in your in your top four. And I, to be honest, I, I, uh, I had him so clearly on top. I thought he would be even shorter. So I'm going to be having, <laughs> I'm going to be having a bet at five dollars. So what is the favourite at three fifty? Batman Barry's very short at, th- at five dollars as well. So. You guys are spot on the money. It's that it's 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 me that's gone a little bit rogue, which is not the first time in my life. But I'm going. I'll be having I'll be having a decent bet on October rain at five dollars, just quietly. Um, don't do it yet, any listeners, because I haven't got a chance to do it while I'm on here. So give me the first opportunity, and then everyone else could have a bet if they believe that I'm on the right track. Race two on the card at Bendigo tomorrow night. It's Cup night, but it's also Aldebaran Park multi mile night, and this is a most interesting situation, isn't it? Because what we've got is uh, a number of horses coming through the Super Series again, sometimes for the three-year-old filly, sometimes for the four-year-old bears. And a most interesting runner here, Kakoa, who's back with Emma Stewart, at a lot shorter than I would have had it, and I have to respect that. But um, this is another really tricky race. Um, and maybe this time with the with the Super Series, you're trying to analyse which was stronger out of the three-year-old fillies and the four-year-old mares. Yeah, definitely agree there again, Jace. Um, I didn't actually have Kakoa in my numbers, but, um, you know, she, she sort of bypassed all those sorts of, of races as well. And um, I just thought that was a little bit of an interesting sort of point. It's sort of hard to then measure up her form compared to the horses that have sort of come through the, the Vic Fred potentially. I noted too that, yeah, she's returned back, obviously, to Emma Stewart. She hasn't really had a trial um, either 
I think it's starting odds. She was actually quite um, long, so she's obviously firmed in then, Jay. Yeah, um, interesting stuff. Uh, now, I, now I have to respect it. It's not in my. She's not in my numbers at the moment, but. Uh, uh, I was I was actually buoyed by the fact that Andy Gath was with strongly. In fact, his best bet of the night is Shayella, um, and I've got it on top. I thought we'd get a price. I, I might have deluded myself because the figure four one looks so ordinary, uh, five and eight at the last couple of starts. But they haven't missed the fact that she's gone around against ladies in Red and Co at um, at Vic Bread Super Series semi final and final level. I think she's just been absolutely flying, Shayella. Mm-hmm. Do, do I want to back her at three dollars forty? No. Not at all. Not in a race like this. I think Common Courtesy is probably the best horse in the race. But again, second line draw. Roquefort Cheese went really well in the four-year-old final. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, the, yeah. the, the one bit of information we have got from Andy Gath here is that Ember's probably a run short of winning this. So it helps us not have to put the entire field in the second leg of the early <laughs> quaddy. But I ended up with the numbers 10, 12, 9, and 6. What did you come up with as yours, Kirsten? Yeah, I should have probably listened to Burning Questions before I did my tips then, because I actually had uh, Ember in for the fourth, but I had uh, 12, 13, 9 and 6. So I mean, all respect to Chayella, I, I 100% agree with what you said, but I just sort of put her in the same the same category as October Rain. I just wasn't really sure if the draw was going to suit her. I mean, you know, she's probably got the advantage of this race over the middle distance, and if she gets a nice trail in, well, then, yeah, she's 100% right in it, but... I just wasn't sure where the trailing was going to come from. Um, potentially Rockford Tees, I guess, that, you know, Common Courtesy will sort of be getting saved for one run, I would imagine. You know, AJ Breezy Rose, I think, is absolutely flying at the moment. Her win on Christmas Eve, she beat a pretty nice field um, there. She ran seventh last start, and that was more than commendable when you think that she was running against Yorkshire, who only in Shorty's mate, and Cool Rocking Daddy. So I really thought she was a good, good each-way chance, but I just wasn't sure where Taylor's run was sort of going to come from and she she might have to do it alone i'm just not quite sure if she's she's capable of doing that just yet no I, i'm i'm hoping uh, you outlined it for me and when we're looking at those little speed maps that i put together tomorrow night at lord's <laughs> raceway in our uh, in our privileged position on trot's vision it will have rockford cheese being the one giving shayella the card in so i'm in agreement with you i don't want to be taking off alone but uh the way lb ashwood's horses are going at the moment they don't die wondering do they yeah, no, look, we've got, got a, a really good team around him at the moment and, yeah, some, some pretty nice horses. And, yeah, Rock the Cheese was fantastic throughout the, the Vic Bread series as well and wasn't really disgraced in that, that four-year-old mare's final behind Majita too. So that probably does fill him with some confidence to, to be the one that leads up to three wide lines. And I wouldn't be uh, – Andy sort of didn't – he didn't suggest that Ember, you know, couldn't run a really good race, maybe even win, just that I think uh, – just that I think that she'll be better for the run. So yeah. um, that's the only little caveat there. We're through two races uh, for, of the nine-race program for the Bendigo Cup tomorrow night. It's actually a terrific meeting. I had a lot of fun doing the form for this card, and I, pro- probably my form comment, I was a little bit giddy, um, and there's a little bit of humour in there. So if you get a chance to read the form comment, there's a little bit going on. But uh, the races lend themselves to it. Uh, for some reason, I, I don't think I've ever written a, a longer form commentary for a race ever than the Mulberry Mile. We're going to get to that relatively soon. We'll go to the hard out, uh, the big break uh, in the, the end of the first hour, and we've got one more hour after that on the uh, on the Friday form panel, Kirsten. But that Mulberry Mile, there are there's so much stuff that could potentially go on. Oh, isn't there? And there's just, yeah, as you said, there's just so many different factors. I mean, um, just before we come on air, I was just watching the little snippet of burning questions about, you know, whether Tornado Valley leaves, whether Aldebaran Ravani leaves. Like, there's just so much that's going on and so many factors that are at play, 100%. Well, Andy Gath believes a 90% chance of Tornado Valley will lead, and I think uh, young Jack Callahan thought we were playing the prices right and said there was a 91% chance that Aldebaran Ravani would lead. Um, You don't win any prizes, unfortunately. Unless you lead. And even then you don't win any prizes unless you win, young Jack. But we'll talk more about that soon. Second hour of the Friday form panel on SEN Track and Trots Vision coming up. Jason Bonington, Kirsten Graham, and the musical legend that is the Greek freak, Geordie Canellis. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross.
Oh, 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 Kirsten. oh go. Oh, Wait, stop the music, stop the music. Oh, yes, Kirsten. Kirsten. Oh, it's uptown funk, isn't it? Oh, I knew someone would get it wrong with that one. It's throwing oh, you off. Now let me go, Kirsten, now it's, now it's my turn. Oh. Yeah, oh, no, it's, the, it's the original, oh, isn't it? No. Don't know. Hey, hey, now, come on, play by the rules, Kirsten. I went to the moped store. The salesman's like, what up? What's your budget? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know nothing about mopeds. He said, I got the one for you. Follow me. Ooh, it's too real. I don't know the name of it, I reckon. Hang on, I'm going I'm, I'm to need more. Do you not know? I can't be on two wheels. 800 cash, that's a hell of a deal. I'm headed downtown. Cruising through the alley. Tiptoeing in the street like ballet. Hold up. To the ballet, white wall on the wheels like Mary. Stop. My crew is ill, and all we need is two good wheels. Got cash in the tank, cash in the bank, and a bad little mama. Break a rock, kid, cash, knuckle ring. No, I, I don't know the name of it. You don't actually know. I don't know the. I know the song, but I don't know the name of it. Oh. What is it? Do we defer to Kirsten for a second guess or no? Um. Oh, oh you've got me doubting the name of it now, too, Jay. Hey. <laughs> it's. Right, what we, is it? We... I said I'm doubting the name of it now too. Oh, okay. Round over. Want the answer? Yeah. It's downtown. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Uptown Funk. Downtown. Up, uptown Funk, Bruno Mars, very similar sound. So that, yeah. but, but that's yeah. like, there was, that's like, uh, was there an original downtown and that's the, that's the remake, yes? This one? Yeah. No, I think this is a, this downtown. Is Who is it? Is yeah, it? Yeah, Mac- 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 Oh, I don't like Macklemore. Hang on, this is the chorus of this same song. I'm not really representing myself that well at the moment. You know why? I don't think that'd be a doozy. You you know why? I I don't like Macklemore, but um, uh, number one, (laughs) but number two, I I think I was still in shock over uh, the idea that Novak Djokovic is in captivity at the moment. And they're holding a a vigil. In captivity. Now, I hate the white privilege shit. I don't like, I hate white privilege. Like, like people talking about white privilege, I'm like, there's no, it's class and all the rest of it. But then Novak Djokovic is, ha- is now sending out PR that he's in captivity. Yeah. He's in a hotel. <laughs> he's in a hotel. He's ordering room service. You're fine, Novak. Did you see that? You're did, fine, brother. Yeah, I was going to say, did you see the hotel, though, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it's absolutely unbelievable, is it? Oh, uh, pretty rough. <laughs> I think the, I think the government hotels for quarantine and COVID are not that great. Oh, look, <laughs> look I've, I've stayed in an airport Ibis, guys. Like, uh, I just think he's, he's got to be better. He's, he's just got to be better. Uh, bad stuff. Race three. Let's get into it. Uh, this was my best of the night. I was hoping for a dollar eighty. We're getting a dollar eighty five. Hopeful beauty. You know better than most, Kirsten. Again, sixteen hundred and fifty meters. Second line draw. It's never a fait accompli, is it? It's never easy. Like, I don't think she can just turn up and win. But I'll tell you what, beat I'm Ready Jet last time around. Um, emergency for the Mouldy Mile, I reckon, even uh, is Hopeful Beauty is. I, I just feel she's a class above these. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I probably tend to agree, Jace. I mean, you, you're 100% on the money that, you know, second row draw over the mile probably not really ideal. But... Um, I think the speed will probably be on fairly genuine the, the first sort of little bit, and that, that will definitely help her sort of run into the race. I was really taken with her run last start. Like, she just, the way she put her head down and just really wanted to find the line. Um, yeah, she's definitely a classy animal, and, um, you know, she, she might be one of those ones that's ready to sort of put her hand up and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm one of these really nice trotting mares too and, and take notice of me, you know, alongside I'm Ready Jet and, and Pink Glass and Aldebaran Tess. You know, amongst amongst others. I, I I feel that progression is well and truly started. That ship is sailing now into the mm. uh, into the Pacific Ocean. Um, major danger. The market says Masucci. I I have got her in for second, but I do think maybe she's just been a t- the boom. The boom's probably bigger than the than the performance at the moment. Who who else are the knockout hopes? I really thought Baltica had a had a quite a good chance as well. I think she's quite talented as well, and you know she's she's um, only just sort of started racing this year, but she's already looking quite well. Uh, sorry, last year she's looking quite well seasoned already, though. And you know, yeah, she's getting on a little bit. There's obviously been some issues around her to why she didn't race until she was six years old. But you know, she she did it tough last start at um, at Melton at the beginning of December, and she sat outside the lead of the last mile and. You know, that, that might be just what she needs is that she might be able to out-tough 
you know, some of these and, and really look like a big champ. And I think she's quite a nice mare as well. Um, so numbers I've ended up going 10 to 1 and 4. I actually think Naked Ambition's going great guns. We'll love the pole mm. marking draw. So it's the other one, and uh, I can never pronounce this horse's name, but if I was going to throw another one into exotics, it would be Kuchelane. Kukulane, the one drawn yeah, outside the Kukulane. yeah, the one drawn outside the second row. So I ended up with the numbers ten to one and four. What were your numbers? Um, I actually left out Masucci and also uh, Naked Ambition. It was just because I was worried that they might get stuck into each other a little bit and just and leave you know things a little bit open for something else. So I actually had uh, ten for uh, seven. I thought Royal Char- Charlotte. Um, you know, she's sort of starting to strip a bit fitter and I thought she wasn't a bad effort last start. And Margaret Roos is going really, really good um, at the moment. She's been racing at some really quality opposition and she just needs a little ounce of luck and she she's right in there each way as well. Yep. Well, they're, they're definitely the class mares, aren't they? I mean, uh, Margaret Ruth at one point, I thought she was going to be right among the, the top mares. She does sort of need, she's just got that lack of speed. She's very strong, yep. uh, loves the stand starts. And Royal Charlotte, it'd be interesting to see what Zach Phillips does there because she's got a lot of early speed, but second up from a break draw one on the front row, we might have a chat with him when we get out to Bendigo tomorrow. <laughs> one one more race before we go to the break, Kirsten. It'll be the claimer. And it's the most intriguing situation because Jillyby Bandit, it's not often you see horses go in to, to a claimer for $40,000 the start after they just win at feature race level. So Sokiel the sprint winner last start, boxing night at Bendigo. Um, I actually think the 215s, not bad value. Again, not going to be easy. I don't think you're just going to lob on the lead because how about the gate speed in this race? Up and Adam, Chapter oh, 1, yeah. Aussie Battler. They're going to go lickety-split early, aren't they? Yeah, they absolutely are. And I, I'm not quite sure Jillaby Bandit can lead from, from out wide, but I, I probably had Aussie Battler out in front of me. His gate speed is just, you know, something else. I mean, there's, you know, there's a number there, though, as you said, that, that have pretty good gate speed, but I, I probably had Aussie Battler out in front, and he's probably going to look like the winner for a long way, but whether he can hang on, you know, with, you know, Yorkshire and Jillaby Bandit and Always Fast and even Bernie Winkle sort of breathing down his neck, you know, there's there's a number of, of races. I, I mean, I've, I've found many races, Jace, really challenging, but probably the race three and race four were, were probably the most challenging for me because there's just so many different variables that, that can be at play here. I, did, uh, I feel like it, get, it nearly gets worse a little bit later on, but um, what, this is a very tough race because of that early speed. Uh, yeah. What numbers did you end up with? Uh, I ended up with uh, Yorkshire actually on top. Um, I think... I think if he doesn't find the lead, I don't think it's actually that detrimental to him. And he's ha- he does have good gate speed, but he hasn't quite shown it just yet through his new connection. So they might be happy to just sort of let the, the speed go around him and, um, you know, he might land a, a nice sort of spot there in the running line at Gillaby Bandit for second. I think Bernie Winkle's absolutely flying. Um, just the way that he races, the run needs to be timed, you know, 100% perfectly. And, um, you know, I think the, the more that he races around these big tracks, um, that will sort of end up happening naturally and always fast. I think it's a, a pretty good chance there as well. And as I said, Aussie Battler's going to look like the winner for a long way, but, yeah, just not quite sure if he can he can hang on. I have gone seven, six, five, and 8. So I'm with Jillyby Bandit. I just, yeah, you go back to a third in the Lensmith Mile. Um, that went in the Sokiel Sprint. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to find the front. In fact, I think it's going to be awfully difficult, but I just wonder whether he's, Clearly, he's not back to his absolute best. He doesn't go around for 40K, 40 large, and if he's at his best. Because at his best, he was a group proper group one horse. But I still think any horse who can uh, do what he did last time out deserves to be favourite here. And I've actually got him a little bit shorter than the 215. Second pick is Yorkshire. I think um spoke to the love bug, Jimmy Herbertson, yesterday. And um, I don't know how hard. I'm with you. I don't know how hard they'll try at the start. But... Uh, I, I tend to think they're going to want to try and stay inside of Jalibi Bandit because if they both roll forward and Jalibi Bandit doesn't get the lead, well, maybe you get the 1-1 cover behind Jalibi Bandit. That's going to be a perfect spot to be. Um, I've got Aussie Battler in for third. I'm with you. Like, over the middle trip, Aussie Battler almost always hands up. I'm not, I don't think he will here necessarily. And his runs through the Vic Bread Super Series uh, for the four-year-old in Tyson Geldings, I, I think he might have gone to another level. I remember you and I speaking to Glenn Douglas weeks and weeks and weeks ago out at Bendigo when we were hosting one night and he sort of said, Aussie Butler's as good as any of them. It's just, mm. it's a bit in his head that he, um, yeah. and I, I just don't, I don't know whether something's just twigged a little bit, but racing against those really, really good horses, I think might've improved him. 
And I've got in for fourth, always fast. I give Bernie Winkle a little chance as well. I think that's where the hopes end in the claim. The big race is coming up soon. We're going to go for another sabbatical, find out some more messages. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Elderbarra and Park multi-mile at Group 1 level and find out what percentage chance Kirsten Graham has of who will lead it and exactly why <laughs> and how and all the rest of it. Stick with us. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Ooh, quick off the mark, Jason. <laughs> Fly like a bird, Nelly Furtado. It's one word out. Hang on. Hang on. I'm like a bird. I'm like a bird. Yeah, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, I, I think I came in with... with That's the, just going off. Well, I think I came in with Kirsten and I thought, oh, look, I'm, you know... This is her first time playing. I should be able to comfortably do this. And then she's come out and punched me in the head once. And I was just like, I just had to, I just had to get myself back and back it, back on deck. It's a te- is it a good song or a terrible song? I've never really been in a workout, Geordie. It's terrible, isn't it? Uh, uh. It's it's a nice song. It's probably a basic song. Yeah, well, I think I think, I think that might have, might even be giving it too much credit, to be honest. But um, let's move forward. It doesn't matter. It's one all now. Did you like Nelly Furtado's pivot when she went all uh, no, raunchy? I could, I, no, I couldn't. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get down, go down those roads. But no, Nelly, Nelly Furtado and I have never really. I considered playing promiscuous girl, and I thought, hang on, it's a family show. Like, it is a family. It's, it's it's too early in the morning for that, and, and you can't. Kirsten's having her first show, right? Race five. This is the first of the big ones. The Elder Baron Park Mouldy Mile at Group One level. And, jeez, uh, all sorts going on here. All right, I'm just going to ask you a series of questions here, Kirsten, if that's okay. <laughs> all right, go on. Who's going to lead out of Aldebaran, Ravani, and Tornado Valley? Tornado Valley. Now, has that got to do with pure speed or has that got to do with – I went back because I'm, I'm a complete sicko nuffy and went back and watched the last many uh, – Mouldy miles because of that 1,609 pure mile start that they have. And it's just a little bit further down the back straight. And it does favour the inside barriers more than normal, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I, I went back and I had a look at, at Al Baron Ravani's starts. And there's no there's no doubt she's, she's got speed. But probably for me, yeah, the, the starting point did just sort of come into, into play a little bit. And I know Tornado Valley, you know, he is getting on a little bit and, and everything like that, but I'm, I'm really confident that, that Andy and Kate wouldn't have him there unless they were 100% sure that he was going to be pretty sharp and, and be, you know, pretty ready, you know, heading into these sorts of races. And, you know, we, we know the Great Southern Star sort of probably his, his main target, but he'd have to be pretty sharp and, and ready for this too, I would think. And, yeah, those sorts of factors were probably the the reason why I sort of think he's he's the leader. If he won another Great Southern Star, I think I'd collapse on course. I'd I'd want an ambulance nearby because this is, I mean, the last one was pretty unbelievable. But um, I I'd the map tomorrow night. Um, we'll have a look behind the curtain. We'll say that I've got Elder Baron Ravani on top, but. That was before I probably really considered the the starting point. I think it's going to be a pitched battle. Like it's, they are going to yeah. burn up early. And the the key to that, Kirsten, is I they're going to bring it. I think they are going to bring others into the race here. So the market certainly says that you know there's two or three key winning chances. But I can make a case for most of these. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like if if they grow hammer and tongue up in front, I mean it brings the horses like wobbly. Um, you know, Majestic Man, Sundon's Courage, I'm Ready Jet will just be sitting there then on the pegs. And, and even a horse like Hatch, Hatchback, like he, he would love if the speed is on as well. So, I mean, yeah, you could you could lay claims for, for a number of those runners. So what ultimately this is um, the other big question I had in my mind, and but it sounds like you think I'm Ready Jet can hold up. I If Tornado Valley leads, I think so. I personally don't think I'm Ready Jet's going to be the one behind the leader. I'm Went back through her runs when drawn into the second row, and sometimes she's wanted to get off because she was following the wrong horse. But I don't know whether they like her cluttered up inside other horses, and I think that's going to be a, a big tactical battle in this race. Maybe even more important than who leads 
Queen of Crime, I think he's going to want to drop into that role. Have Horse Will Travel's going to come out and try and get that role. Aldebaran Ravani, if it doesn't cross Tornado Valley, is going to try and get that role. So there's going to be a lot going on in this race. Uh, ultimately, what did you come up with as, as the top four winning chances? And is that even where the race ends? As we just said, like there's, there's just so many different different things that could happen. I mean, I really think Tornado Valley is probably the one on top, particularly if he does lead and, and he gets it. He's not going to get it cheaply, I don't think. But, you know, if he, he can get it and he can sort of pinch maybe a, a, a sort of slightly cheaper second quarter, well, then, you know, that brings him right back into it if he's 100% on his A game. And like I said, I, I'm imagining that Kate and Andy really think that he is. Otherwise, he wouldn't be fronting up. I think I'm ready, Jet. I was a little disappointed with her Vic Fred final run, but, um, you know, she did have to do it really, really tough there. And she sat out um, outside the leader in a pretty quick mile rate for the trotters. So, you know, I think the draw, as you said, is really interesting with her. And it's, it's definitely going to be a factor about, you know, whether she does try and get off. I mean, I don't, I don't think she's got a driver down just yet um, either. So that's sort of something that possibly connections are, are considering. Sundon's courage comes right into it if the speed's really clapped on like we're thinking, Jason. And Wobbly as well there is it also looking pretty likely you know, if the speed's on and he's, you know, in the right frame of mind, which he appears to have been the last couple of starts. I think if Aldebaran Ravani, though, doesn't get the lead and she gets stuck outside Tornado Valley, I think that's going to be pretty pretty tough for her. I like that you've... Uh, so one eight ten and 5 for you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I like that you're talking about Sundon's Courage. 100 to 1, he opened up. Is it really... Oh, it's just unbelievable. He was 81, then he was 71. Now he's 41. I marked him 16. He can win the race. If they go, yeah. absolutely. He's flying Sundon's Courage. If he, um, if if they go absolutely berserk, he can win the race. And I'll tell you what, I, I just hope people got, what's he now? He's still $7 a drum. He was $11 a drum when I first looked and probably when he was 100 to 1, he was 13. So if anybody's got any of that, that's even more important than having to win better, I reckon, because you've got... You've got a horse going who can definitely run a place at sort of double figure odds. I went with, uh, I went rogue here. <laughs> I, I did go rogue. I'm going, I've gone queen of crime because I think that she can get, she can be the one that is behind the leader. Three poles at very worst, but is the one that can drop in behind Tornado Valley. Uh, if yeah. I'm ready, Jet's not there. And to be honest, I'm happy to admit four, three weeks ago, I wouldn't have had queen of crime as Six weeks ago, I, don't, I wouldn't have had her in the race. She shouldn't have been in the race. Like, I would have thought she's not good enough to even be in the race. But there's no fluke. When they win at group one level the way she did on New Year's Eve, there's no fluke about it. And the run prior to that behind I'm Ready Jet was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. she's, she's not Pink Alars, but she's got – she's almost racing like a, a Pink Alars light at the moment. And if she's behind the yeah. leader and they're running, I, 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 I just think she can win. So I've got her on top. Uh, Tornado Valley in for second, Elder Baron Ravani in for third. That battle's going to be just so utterly crucial to the result. And I've got Majestic Man in for fourth. I've just, we've seen this um, before with Majestic Man. He bounced back really well through the Inter-Dominion series. I think he can bounce back again. And critically, he is at his – like on his, on his night, he's a miler. He might be able to mm. win over different trips, but he's a short-course specialist. And I think Anthony Butt will have um, – We'll have worked a bit of magic with him, and he's in the mix as well. But it is just a crazy, tricky race. I don't think Magic Cool can win. Can we agree we don't think Magic Cool can win? Not not at the moment, no. I'm not confident that he's at his best yet. Hatchback is actually a very small place chance at $20 the place. Yeah, 100% if they go hammer and tong, yep. And Sundon's carry is still 41-7. and seven. I mean, if we're looking for the for the best actual value play, even now, even though we've lost top flux, still works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly does. What, what do you think about um, Queen of Crime just with the manners, Jason? That was probably why I left her out. I mean, she can sometimes misbehave in the score up, and I was just sort of a bit concerned over the mile. That's going to be pretty unforgiving if she does that. I was actually, the thing that I, I increasingly as the week's gone on, because I do the form so early, I think the thing that I'm more concerned about is that she begins under her own steam, but she just puts the head down, and I'm actually just worried about whether she's got enough pace. Because yeah. if Have Horse Will Travel runs out with Tornado Valley and Elder Baron Ravani's out wider, Queen of Crime, like, I think I'm ready, Jet's nearly zero chance of holding the back of the leader under those circumstances if they all run the gate. Yeah. 
and Queen of Crime might not even be able to keep up. That's the, that's my bigger concern that uh, that uh, Glenn's going to try and make a left hand turn, but by the time that he does, another gap's going to have opened up because they're going to be running a twenty. They're going to run a twenty six twenty seven quarter here coming off the gate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I, I just think that. Um, those really quick beginners might be able to get her. I think early in her career, people thought the Queen of Crime was a little bit quicker off the gate than she actually is. I mean, the Tornado Valley's Nelda Baron Ravani's of this world are elite, and Have Horse Will Travel mm-hmm. is not far off it. So um, it's going to be fun to watch, isn't it? That's the main thing. Uh, it's going to be great to watch. And actually, Have Horse Will Travel is one that I sort of forgot about. I mean, he does have really good gate speed too. So, you know, him sort of in between Tornado Valley and, and Aldebaran Ravani, I mean, that's going to make it really interesting too, isn't it? Without any doubt at all. Another one of the burning questions, I will just might, I might just outline this race and then we'll go to the news, find out more about Novak Djokovic, um, unfortunately in the zoo at the moment. Um, caged like a uh, like a monkey or a lion, Geordie. Uh, unbelievable stuff. I'll just outline the case for the second leg of the quaddie. Faraday Hanover, uh, the American mare, um, certainly seemed like well the boot, the shine and the polish came off very quickly when she first arrived here. But she's had four starts as preparation for four wins, and if you go back and watch any of the four wins, you won't be blown apart or blown away. You won't think, I'll tell you what, this is the next big thing on Australasian harness racing, but she just keeps winning. And the critical key here, I think, is going to be what I'm going to discuss with Kirsten Graham after the news, is the speed inside. Because I don't think there's any mid-race pressure whatsoever here outside of them. But Yankee Gold drawn one, was stood down, scoped and stood down after looking the winner last start and just deteriorating in the concluding stages. And Monsieur Delacour are both very, very quick. If Faraday Hanover is to lead this race, I don't think there's any possible chance she gets beaten. If she parks, it becomes marginally more interesting. Yeah. I'm going to find out the opinion of Kirsten Graham on race six in the program. At Bendigo tomorrow night, she'll also be on Trot's Vision, as she is right now, her voice and my face, hopefully. And Kate Hargraves will be joining us as well. But we'll talk about race six on the Friday form panel on Trot's Vision and SEN track straight after these messages. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason, sweet, yeah. sweet dreams, Eurythmics. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's too quick, Kirsten, he is. Did you know- I, w- I want to yeah. put in a protest, please. Did you... <laughs> you, two are, you two are conspiring against me. Well, you're not scared. <laughs> hey, this is, this is you. There's nothing conspiratorial about the Eurythmics. They're just a wonderful... <laughs> Annie Lennox is just uh, incredible. 23-year-old died of... Fully fit powerlifter died of COVID. Yeah. Very tragic. There's, there's plenty of people out there right now saying, I just want to get it and get it get it over and done with. Not if that's going to happen. I'd prefer not to get it if that's all right. That's, that's full on. That is... Uh, I think that's a reminder to everybody that you do not want to get it. So don't... Maybe just back off for the next little while, the next month, I'd reckon, and um, stay away from uh, large crowds. Kirsten and I will be in with uh, Kate Hargraves and just might stick to that studio for a little bit, I think, on uh, on Saturday night. But hopefully, you know, I, I think if you do it, you act responsibly, everything should be uh, should be all good, but maybe not maybe not thousands of people in a, in a very small space just at the minute. Anyway, we move forward. Uh, I outlined the case. What are your thoughts on Faraday Hanover? Is she a... Is she an absolute moral or is she not, Kirsten? Well, I'm not sure what she is at the moment, Jace. I think she, she opened at about like a dollar seventy or something, didn't she? And I feel like that's a little short. Um, I agree with you. I think if she gets the lead, she's she's gonna be pretty tough to beat. And I probably I probably did see her getting the lead. Um I mean I know Yankee Gold's got pretty good gate speed, but I would have thought that maybe tactically that doing enough to sort of hold up um Monsieur Delacour might be sort of a good idea and then let Faraday Hanover sort of cross um, and sit behind it. But, you know, then, you know, it depends what the, the two sort of thinking as well. It might have to be the exact same thought process. Yeah, I think um, it, it is very interesting, isn't it? So uh, Connor Clark driving Faraday Hanover, uh, Monsieur Delacour uh, trained by his old man. We've got Yankee Gold in the mix there. Like I marked her a dollar seventy. She's currently a dollar seventy five, and I, I just I don't know. It's one of those things. I want to just have her one out in the quaddie because I think that 
in most of the scenarios that I, I have in my mind, I think she wins. But then I know she's going to be the one that I'll be, kick, be kicking myself if she gets beaten because I don't think she's a superstar of any kind. I just think she's a nice horse. Um, who are the yeah. dangers? The, the, the issue I have for the, the – the reason that I'm probably more confident is because I look through the list of runners here and it's just a world of – well, a lot of sit sprinters. I just, there's going to be no pressure, 1650. Even if they run a little bit early, I think they're going to back it off. I can't see anything coming from the back. Can you see a swooper or a knockout hope anywhere? Oh, uh, maybe not a swooper, but I was pretty taken by Rokasaki's uh, last start. Um, on at Ballarat on Boxing Day, I thought thought um, she wasn't really entitled to win that race. I mean, she would have run some quarter, some sort of last quarter, I think, because I think it was a twenty seven six last quarter, and she was really just peaking on the line. And you know, she possibly could get be pretty dangerous, sort of tucked away maybe on the pegs, and it's the first sort of decent draw for a, for a while. So I sort of had her third, you know, sort of third kick as maybe a little bit of a, a sneaky each way chance if. If potentially she stays on the pegs, and like I said, I think at worst she's going to end up three back if if Faraday Hanover does cross Yankee Gold. Yep, I'm I'm with you with Rogasaki. It was a great run, and we know what it what, I mean. She was a really good mare at one point. Um, <clears throat> I ended up with the numbers three, two, one, and eight, and it sounds like yours are relatively similar. What did you come up with? Yeah, three, one, eight, and eleven. I had Duke of Dundee just there as an each way. He's gone pretty good, I think. Yeah, it uh, just has that incredible, almost Aussie battler-like gate speed, and that weapon's yeah. been taken away. But certainly flying at the moment would be a good test for Duke of Dundee. And speaking of Team Douglas, right, here we go. Garrards, uh, horse and hound, Bendigo Pacing Cup at Group 2 level. It's an amazing race each and every year. It's one of my favourite races on the calendar. There have been some absolute pearlers in the past. Um He's the hometown hero, Torrid Saint. He's got the perfect draw for his pattern of racing. We heard from Jack Callahan. I, I, when I originally did the form, I I thought to myself, I, I've always said that Torrid Saint is a better horse following a helmet, but he has led in one. And here, in terms of pure gate speed, nothing can cross him at the start. Jack Callahan's going to go forward with Spirit of St. Louis. But having said that, I think if John Caldo wants to lead here with Torrid Saint, he definitely can. It's just a matter of whether he wants to. Have you worked it out in your own mind what you think is going to happen? I'm, I'm probably leaning the same way as you, Jace. I, I probably, I initially thought that he was a better horse leading, but more, the more I see him race, the more I tend to agree with you that he's, he's better if he's got something to chase. Um, whether Spirit of St. Louis is the right horse to hand up to, I'm not 100% sure. And I'm just saying that just because I'm not sure about the trip with him. I know he obviously ran through the Inter-Dominion and stuff, but I'm just I'm not sure if he's really a, a long-distance horse just yet. Um, I think it takes away some of his, some of his brilliance. But, um, so I'm not sure if he's the right horse to sort of hand up to. And, I'm, yeah, he might sort of end up in the lead almost accidentally, Torres State, um, because nothing maybe will push push him forward. I mean, he's, I think his gate speed is probably going to be um, better than, than Spirit of St. Louis. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the key here. Rick Riley goes back, Triple Eight. We've heard from Greg Sugars during the week. Um, there, I think, you know, Lara J. Farm's a bit concerned that he might need the run, so I don't think he's – and he's rarely – he's never driven aggressively anyway. 408 was yeah. a surprise winner from – uh, back along the pegs in the Shirley Turnbull Memorial. There's no going forward there. Jimmy Herbertson's been pretty clear that Supreme Dominate is probably going back. So it's just going to mm. be. It's just going to be. We're, we're at the concession stand here, uh, off the front, off the front line in the Bendigo Cub. So the, the the concern here is though. Well, not the concern for me because I've backed Tango Tara. But I, the big question for John Caldo is: Do you want to hand up to a horse like Spirit of St Louis because you think you've got a better chance of running past him than if you lead because on your back? It's going to be Tango Tara, and that that that's the critical question, isn't it? Not, yeah, I, yeah. And that was actually something I was going to mention before, Jace. Is that yeah? Is it almost tactical that you hand up because yeah, you put Tango Tara one one horse further back on the pegs, and I'm, I'm happy to be corrected, but I'm not entirely sure that he's won from from three back on the pegs um, at this level before, anyway. So yeah, it it definitely is going to be a tactical affair. And it almost could be a case that, you know, they all sort of just float for, for 200 metres because no one really wants to lead it as well, which will make it really difficult for the horses out the back to, to get into it if the pace isn't really on. Yeah, and, and then then the interesting part comes in. 
who's uh, who wants to be in the breeze even. Uh, if, if say, yeah. no matter who leads, because Solent Major likes to be driven aggressively. That's the Aaron Dunn uh, way. This On this occasion, we'll be uh, driven by Jackie Barker, but I think the instructions will be to go forward. Spirit of St. Louis might end up there just out of happenstance. Demon Delight's most interesting back to Emma Stewart. Um, I still think it's – do we agree that – I mean, we know that Emma and Clayton are geniuses, but do you? Do we agree that Demon Delight's still another run or two away? Yeah, I, I'd probably just like to see how he how he goes, you know, back with them. But um, he, he's obviously done his best racing um, with Emma Stewart, so he could be a big improver. I'm not uh, – I don't normally change my mind, but it's a uh, – it's a Jay Bond's prerogative to change his mind if he wants to, and I'm going to just based on based on Greg's information. I did have five, eight, one, and two, but I'm changing to eight, five, one, and two. Tango Tara from behind the leader, I think, and now is the likely winner. I've already backed him at eight fifty. He opened thirteen dollars. God bless America. Um, but even if he's three poles, I actually think I go back to that run a couple of starts ago where he sat back last and made up an enormous amount of ground in a short time. I think he's the one to beat probably either way. But I, I, I really think that Torrid Saints are a, a genuine hope. I mean, this isn't the – I don't think he can win from the pole mark and draw behind the leader or leading at the absolute elite level. But just this very mini half step down from gate one that I think he can win. So I, my three key chances in the race are five, uh, eight, five, and one. Your thoughts, Kirsten? Yeah, I I um, missed Greg Sugar's sort of comment there about Triple Eight. So I actually had him on top, and I might I might just keep him there just because I know the way the horse races, he can be quite explosive there for sort of four hundred meters. And if he gets a little bit of a chance, you know, he still might be sort of coming home pretty hard um, over the top of him. So I might just leave him there just for argument's sake. Um, Torres Saints definitely well in it, and it'll be really interesting to see you know mid race whether he does hand up or whether he decides to hold the lead and, and run them along a little bit and see how good he really is. I had um, better be the bomb um, in for an each way chance. He's having his third run in the, the Benigo Cup and every year he's getting a bit closer so you never know. This might might be his year and he's combining really well as well with Karen Manning um, recently too and Supreme Dominator I thought was was really good in, at Cranbourne just before Christmas when he ran down Amazing Dream in the shadows of the post and I think you've got to respect that but obviously the, the draw does make it um, a little bit tricky for him. And I'm just keeping Spirit of St. Louis a bit safe. I mean, we obviously haven't seen him um, in Victoria just yet, and he obviously needs to back up from, from that inter-dominion effort as well. Yeah. Um, interesting point, just before we go to the break, we've got two more races to go on the Friday form panel on Trot's Vision and SEN track. Toc made a really good point as well, and something that I probably should have thought of, because you and I have been out there um, hosting the coverages on both occasions. But Triple Eight's got a thing for Bendigo as well. The Group 1... VHRC Caduceus Classic win should probably, with even luck, have won the Victoria Cup. And it's a real thing, isn't it? I mean, you'd think that Bendigo's just a great track. And it seems yeah. to it's a fast track. It gives horses that are, that are athletic and I think have speed. I think they always thrive at Bendigo. But it still has to be said that sometimes you have horses for courses. And he has produced, a, well, the two best runs of his career that I know of at Lord's Raceway. Yeah, it's actually funny to that. I do actually have that in my notes. I think he's only had the three starts um, yeah. here, and he's won one. And yeah, he's been placed in the other two, and they they were all enormous efforts. So yeah, he he may just you know we, we've spoken a lot on Trot's Vision before about the big sort of velodrome bends that that we have at Benigo, and you know for horses that have quite good turn of foot, like I think Triple Eight does. I mean, they can really kick off those bends, and and that's possibly why he's been pretty dangerous here. Well, you and Toc have stood strong with uh, Triple Eight. I've got it on top in the form. Uh, but the major thing is I've had a bet in it. So I'll tell you what, if it does win, we can all celebrate together. It's time for a break here on the Friday form panel. It's our final stanza coming up. We've got two more races to go. And I've got to tell you, I, I, I'm interested again in the thoughts of Kirsten Graham. Cruz Bromack, first up for a long time, but he's paying $1.45. Now, I marked him $1.40, but thought he was $1.08 shot. Uh, if, if he loses, I will... Um, I'll need to be revived at Bendigo tomorrow night. So we'll talk to Kirsten about that when we come back from this final break on the Friday Form Panel. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Jason. Jason. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is the title in the chorus? Yes. Yes, the title is in the chorus. Nah, we, nah. What is it, Jordy? Nah. You're out, Kirsten? Nah, I don't know the name of it, nah. So you were close, Jace, but you, you had the actual, the key word wrong. Is it Moonlight? It's, no, it's Lady. Oh. You were saying uh-huh. Baby. Oh. It's Lady, hear me tonight. <laughs> yeah, you call them Lady, I call them Baby, whatever. It's <laughs> d- different, different strokes for different folks. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> um, that's been fun. Race eight. Uh, we've got two races to go, Kirsten. Uh, $1.45. To be honest, it concerns me mildly. I saw the the trial against Willie Go West is outstanding. Cruz Bromack's a New Zealand Cup winner. I know he's first up for a long time, but I I think I heard Dean Braun talking about Hunter Cups, didn't I? So, like, he's got to win, doesn't he? Well, I would think so. I mean, I guess there's always just that little bit of concern with, with any horse when they're resuming after such a, a long, you know, long time away. I mean, he's had over 12 months away, but... I mean, he's got a couple of trials under his belt, including that one that you mentioned about um, when he ran second to Willie Go West, and it went in 54-8 there in yeah. a 26-5 last quarter. So, I mean, you know, it's a small field. The draw's probably not really a concern because of that. So, I mean, there's a lot of ticks there, isn't there? Well, I just... And, and look, at the end of the day, he's forty-five. I get it. That sounds short to a lot of people, but... Uh, to me, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd turned him up a dollar twelve or a dollar eight. Uh, mm. He's he's just a superstar. One interesting little nugget I did find when doing a bit of research: like a wildfire, loves racing fresh. So five fresh runs on Australian soil for four wins, got to be respected. Yeah. You did the only two possible knockout hopes, and the ones I'll be throwing in for second. Good exotic race this, like a wildfire and Monomia. I, I would imagine you're thinking down the same path. Yeah, I, I didn't have like a wildfire in my my numbers, and that was just purely because there was no trial form to just sort of um, go around, and you know it's backing up as well. I think it's had about six months off as yeah. well, so I just was probably a little, you know, steering clear a little bit just with no trial, and you know, obviously the others are all sort of race fit and cruise Bromax had that really good. Um, really good trial so I was sort of just steering clear a little bit because of that fact but yeah definitely Mona Mayer's right in there I mean she she can be a little bit rogue and there's I think there's a period of education going on with her at the moment I mean she can pull she can you know she wasn't really scoring up that great and at the moment um she's been a trainer's request to sort of start ODM as well and I, like I said I think it's for education purposes and providing she settles okay um she's got a really good relationship going with um with Mick Bellman as well. I mean, she's she's going really good at the moment too. Yep. So you're going uh, seven, eight, and for your third and fourth numbers. Well, I had Highway to Heaven and Shorty's mate. I'm I'm adamant that he's not going quite as bad as these figure form shows. I don't think he liked Pachuca very much, and he's got some pretty good form behind him um, with Idols and Magic and Tango Tara. So, yeah, seven, eight. Two and four. Yeah, he's going. I, I agree with you. I think he's going pretty good against Shorty's mate. He, in fact, he's gone most of the time. He's been back. He's gone well. He had a little little plateau period, but he's um he's got a great turn of speed. Seven, eight, six, and one for me. And we finish off with uh look. There's only six horses here, but it's just about the hardest race in the card. I didn't I didn't didn't take to this last event very nicely at all. I'm I'm with over the odds. The win was narrow last up, but I he, I feel like he's got by far the most scope for improvement. So I've got him on top in the last. What are your numbers in the final event tomorrow night at Lord's Raceway? Bendigo, Kirsten? Yeah, I was sticking with over the odds as well. I think he's been pretty impressive so far. He was pretty respectable to Bondi lockdown um, when third, when he was first up. That form's obviously been frank. Um, and he's, you know, he's run against the older horses as well. He ran second to Rokasaki. And, you know, that, that was all sort of, you know, tipped over to on Monday when he beat the Little and Cobalt Blues and God Smack. So I think that he's got a bit of talent and he might be too good for these. I had uh, Vanquish Stride, Prosecco Boy, and Sport Mental after that. 
Um, that's the final race in the card. I've ended up with the numbers six, five, three, and four, but I won't be playing in the race. I wouldn't have thought. Your best on the card, please, Kirsten. Oh, gee. I'll go. That's, that's I, a tough one. I, I'll chop you out of here and say so. Hopeful beauty, but it's. I think we've outlined the case. It's actually, you know, you think at this time of the year with so much elite racing that you wouldn't be able to find much value. But I reckon there's a lot of value around. October Rain, I've already mentioned the first race at five bucks is yeah. worth a bed. I like um, Sundon's Carriage has been over the odds all the way through. Queen of Crime still an okay yeah. price. Uh, I think Tango Tara's good at $7. But my ultimate best is Hopeful Beauty. If you had to, if you had to pin everything on one of them, what would it be, Kirsten? Yeah, look, I, I probably agree with Hopeful Beauty. I think that she's probably just a, a class above um, the others there that are in that race three. And yeah, she's going to need a little bit of luck, obviously, from the draw. But I think she, she's got the class factor to, to overcome that little hurdle. Cannot wait to get out there. Love working with you, Kirsten. It's been fun again this morning and early afternoon. Well, it will be early afternoon soon. Um, but tomorrow night's what we're really looking forward to. I can't wait to get out there. We've done... We've, we know what we're doing now. We've done this plenty of times and we've had lots of fun every <laughs> single time. I can't remember ever walking away, having worked with you at Bendigo and thinking, geez, there's something we could have done better. I feel like we um, we lift we lift a cog to the big races and this is really big, Bendigo Cup. So can't wait to be on the panel with you and Kate Hargrave tomorrow. Yeah, ditto, Jason. And, yeah, thanks for the kind words. And, yeah, ditto right back at you. And, yeah, can't, can't wait to get Kate on board as well. And, yeah, it's going to be an absolutely... Huge tonight, very exciting night, and yeah, it's going to be um, plenty of high action uh, racing as well. And I think we're going to see something pretty special in some of those feature races as well. Yeah, no doubt. I think that I think nearly the cup's going to be a great race, but the Mouldy Mile might be the most exciting. That's us for the Friday form panel. Thanks to those on Trots Vision, the viewers, and thanks to the listeners on SEN Track. Five hours of track side, I reckon, coming up right now. I've actually got the night off. I won't know what to do with myself. But I know where I'll be tomorrow night. Lord's Raceway, Bendigo with Kirsten Graham and Kate Hargraves. Thanks for joining us.